Be'ezes Hashem Yisbarech. We will continue what we are learning. The Holy Letters of Balatanya, letter number 12. But the Shir is in L'schus, Rufuah Shalema, Rehinda, Bastabirachal. We are learning this letter number 12. That is the Pasek that explains that when we engage in activity of tzedakah, when we do the mitzvah of tzedakah, which is compassion, we bring peace in the world. And the inner obsession with compassion brings a silent, guaranteed, never-ending, everlasting <clears throat> Tranquility. We're going deep into this, which is two dimensions of the reward, two dimensions of life. One is the superficial. And one is the inner, the inner pneumistic, the inner true, obsessive core of a person's soul. When we say obsession, we mean that it's from deep within. From the core of the person's heart, the core of compassion, the core of man, meaning to say, he is taken through, he is taken over. When you say he's obsessed with it, you mean to say his intelligence, his heart, his emotions, his torso, his entire body, he's fully Obsessed with the idea of compassion, which means that every faculty, every attribute, every energy he eats, breathes, and lives compassion. So there's the activity where my mind and my heart and my energy, my internal energy, who I am, could be elsewhere, but I could do the act of charity. And then there is a deeper dimension, inner dimension, an obsessive component, a component where both inward and outward, I'm obsessed with compassion. Wherever you look, every energy that I have is obsessed with giving, compassionately, measuring and thinking and intuiting all the time, all my energies are made for compassion, made to give to another person, thinking about it all the time. 
And we're understanding what is the difference between these two. In order to grasp this in its fullness, we need to understand it in marriage, which the essence of the essence of the idea of compassion is the secret of cause and effect, the secret of consequence. The secret of going deep into the true nature of cause and effect. Which we say the world on some level is asleep. And to understand this in a deeper angle would be the average marriage in the world. The average unenlightened marriage is a marriage that's based on attraction and that attraction fizzles away after one week fizzles away sometimes after a day sometimes after a month and why does it fizzle away because what brought us together is what our common denominator when you're fall in love when you go to your engagement when you go on the dates you actually see how much you have in common and sometimes you think it's indescribable how two people could be so similar but when you get married you realize nothing could be further than the truth because you are as similar as soul and body which soul and body have no similarity other than that they were made for each other. They're as opposite as can be, but they were made for each other. And this is an enormous idea to understand that marriage fizzles away because in the beginning you see how in tune you are with each other. Because from an external place you may seem like a puzzle. From an external place you see what you can give to each other. And you see the completion of each other. But you see it in a form of attraction. That me and you have a similar thing, similar way of looking at the world. And this is an attractive ability until the going gets tough, until we see how different we are, until we start to see that our differences are much greater than our common denominator. Which is the idea of cause and effect. Which is the idea of gvura. Gvura means measure for measure. Limited in energy, limited ability. Tit for tat. I love you because you love me. You love me because I love you. 
I'll prepare you breakfast because you're going to do something for me. You're going to do something for me. I'm going to do something for you. It's what the holy sages say, Abba Tluya Bedover, is a love that's dependent on something. We are essentially not being married at all. We are bartering. We are bartering, transactional. Most marriages start out transactional. This is the way the Torah designed it. We're going into a acquisition. We are going into a transactional relationship. I'll provide you money. You'll take care of me. I'll bring home the ingredients. You'll cook them. I'll do for you and you'll do for me. And I will do for you because you will do for me. And you will do for me because I will do for you. Which is a tremendous transactional gvura relationship. Gvura not as in a bat, not as in strength. Just literally, this organ needs this amount of energy. That organ needs that amount of energy. Everything is measured. Everything is limited. Everything goes around in its world. Everything in this world goes around exactly the way it's meant to be. Everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be. Nothing more, nothing less. In a certain sense, this world is, there is no imbalance. You work for a few certain amount of hours. You make a certain amount of money per hour. That's what you get at the end of the week. It's measure for measure, cause and effect. You make the bed you sleep in. And that's usually the way every marriage is. I'll do for you, you'll do for me. At some point, there's a tremendous imbalance. At some point, there's a tremendous confusion that goes on a marriage because this measure for measure, this idea cannot really work. Because this could only work when you're tremendously, when there's a tremendous When there's a tremendous sense of compatibility. But in fact, most marriages seem like you're compatible. You seem like you have a lot of in common. But in fact, men and women are as different as body and soul. Men come from superficial energy-like. Men is a superficial energy type of contribution to the marriage and the woman brings the qualitative narrowing down real holding of that energy. But there's a tremendous confusion because each one sees the paucity in the other. In the beginning, we see how we made for each other. In the beginning, we see how we're so similar. But in the end, we start to see, the woman starts to see how fickle and superficial her man is because she doesn't realize that she holds the ability to make him real, to narrow him down, to draw him in, to make him get in touch with his left side, with his real ability, with his pregnant potential. And the man doesn't realize how necessary it is for him to animate his wife, for him to bring down all of that energy that he has, that is superficial, that's going to wither away 
and what type of contribution she gives to him, that she makes everything about him real. And how much he needs to open up and go out of his superficiality. And so marriage fizzles away because of Gvura, because in this world everything is measure for measure. Tit for tat. So I'll love you as long as you love me and you'll love me as long as I love you. And as soon as we stop, as soon as there's a betrayal, as soon as there's a confusion, as soon as we have more expectations of each other than originally anticipated, everything gets broken up. Everything goes bad. Which means by default, gvura means by default that everything is going to fizzle away. Because the transaction can only work as long as you fulfill the rules of the contract. And the contract say, I'm going to give you because you're going to give me and you're going to give me because I'm going to give you. But men and women look at giving very different. Men look at it as quantity. I did all of this stuff. And women look at giving as qualitative. I don't want quantity from you. I want intimacy. I want you to see deep into me. I don't want a quantity relationship. I don't want what you want. I'll give you what you want if you give me what I want. And very fast they realize, like all contracts that end up in court, is we misunderstood what we were agreeing to. Because in a guru reality, in a measure for measure, in a cause and effect type of life, we can have a tremendous relationship, husband and wife. If we were on the same page, if when we went into this contract, we're on the same page, if really we were meant for each other, if really we have something so in common, I'm going to give you because you're going to give me. But very fast, husband and wife discover that what I want from you, or what I thought I told you I wanted from you, and what you want from me, actually is not what we're giving to each other, not what we contribute to each other. And that is the beginning of all failures in marriage. A mekachtos. It was a mistake. I thought you were selling me something. But you're really selling me something different. And I thought you were somebody. But I realize you're somebody very different. Everybody shows up on their dates in their perfect personality. And as soon as you get married, you see, you see the true person who they are. You see them in their inside. You see them for their Leah and for their Yaakov. Everybody has a Yisrael and a Rachel. We put, we put up Yisrael. The guy shows up so beautiful. Rachel, she shows up dressed so beautiful. He shows his strength, what he's going to do. And she shows which, how beautiful she is, how tremendous Midois. And he is tremendous Gentlemen, and then when they get married, they see Yisrael is not Yisrael, he's Yaakov, and Rachel is not Rachel, she's Leah. At the very minimum, they both have inside them a Leah and a, and a Yaakov. And this is tremendous frustration and confusion. And all of a sudden, we, we don't see out the common denominators. We're going deep into this because we have to understand the Gvura relationship. We have to understand what does it mean a measure-for-measure -measure relationship.
I'm going to give you because you're going to give me completely transactional. And then we see the transaction is flawed because what I'm giving you is not what you expected me to give you. And what you're giving me is not what I expect you to give me. So we're not even on that level. So the marriage breaks down. Comes Hasidic philosophy and teaches you something phenomenal. Which is that I have a man in me and a woman in me. If I'm a man. And you, or if you're a woman, you have a woman in you and you have a man in you. If I'm a man, the man in me is my soul. My giving ability. And the woman in me is my body. The one that's going to narrow down my giving to you. But I'm primarily responsible for the soul. For the giving. For the superficial. For the energy. For the idea of love. And if you're a woman... You have a man in you, which is your soul, and you have a woman in you, which is your body. But you're primarily responsible for the woman, for the body. Now, in order for us to have a relationship, what has to happen? The woman has to get in touch with her right side, with her soul, with her giving ability, with the soul. But she's primarily responsible with her, for her left side. She is the left side of this relationship. She is the one who makes everything real. So my body is what makes my love real. My heart is what makes my love real. My right side is the idea of my love. When I marry them together, there's a tremendous energy. My heart is no more a pumping flesh and blood heart. It's a heart that's giving love. So the woman's job in the relationship is she has to narrow herself up to her husband. She has to go and take from her right side which is not the one that she's totally identified with, which is her giving ability. And she has to take her left side, which is more about narrowing down, and she has to move up to him, become a giver. She has to start to give her him, giving him qualitatively, true, but giving nonetheless. So she has to lift herself up to him. She has to be mevater. She has to turn towards him, make ways to turn towards him. And he... He needs to do the exact opposite. He has to take his love, his right side, which is an idea, and get more in touch with his left side, which is to make it real and narrow down to her. So says the Holy Balatanya in this letter, if husband and wife understand their relationship to each other, either one of them, if the woman understands my job is to be giving, even though I'm about receiving, even though I'm about making real, but I'm going to give, I'm going to make myself towards my husband. I'm going to turn towards him. Then instantly I will make him narrow himself down to me instead of me asking him to give me intimately. Who comes first, the chicken or the egg? We're dealing with Gvura. We're dealing with one big life of Gvura cause and effect. Most of the time I'm coming to a marriage counselor. I'm coming to my husband. Why are you not doing this and this and this? To criticize my, him or to criticize myself. What does criticize myself look like? It means for me to take my left side, which is my narrowing down ability, but instead to open up, to get more in touch with my right side, which is giving, which is compliments, which is starting to become a giver instead of receiver. Give my husband what's his language. What is his language? Talking love. <laughs> he is the idea of love. I'm the one who makes it real. I tell him, don't tell me you love me. Show me you love me. But instead of me asking him to show me that he loves me, maybe I will show him 
his language, and I will talk to him the language of love, and I will lift myself up to him and start complimenting him and making him my king and be in a space of giving. Says the Holy Balatanya in this letter, if you, as the left side, as the woman, whether the woman of God, collectively, all the Jewish people, you take the wealth that you have and you become givers, instantly you may cause an effect that God becomes and gives to you back. Instantly. Instead of praying and waiting, which you must do also, that God should give you if you become the giver, even though you're a receiver. If you, as the woman of God, the Jewish people, if we get in touch with our right side, which we're not really in touch with our right side. We love to receive from God. We love to become wealthy, self-made woman. We want to be on our own. We want to have all this wealth. We pray the whole time for wealth. But instead to give that wealth back to God, which means to give it to another person, to be on the giving side, to take the left side of our heart and to make it right, to take the whole receiving ability and make it a giver. We instantly make God narrow himself down and become the giver to us. So the whole time in our relationship, we think that my husband's going to change. If I'm going to tell him that he must change and give me, says the Holy Balatanya, that's not the way it works if you're in a transactional relationship. So give him exactly what he needs, exactly what he wants, which is he wants you to get in touch with your giving nature. And what do you want from him? You want him to stop becoming an idea, to narrow his love down to you, only to you. Now says the Balatanya, if you go in this angle, if you're obsessed, even if you're just a superficial level, you tell your, you as a woman, you tell your husband, I love you. And you speak to him his language and you narrow yourself up to him, which means you take from your right side, which is not something you're in touch with. You put all your feminine ability, which is receiving usually what you want from your husband. But instead you focus on what you could give him, but not just what you could give him, what you think, but what he wants. He wants you to be in touch with your right side. Because he, that's the way his language is, his language is giving. And now you start to give him compliments, you give him love, and you're in a space of giving. You'll instantly wake him up to give you. Even if that's superficial. Once you discover that, says the Balatanya, if you make it your obsession as a woman in marriage, for example, if you make it your obsession to give to your spouse, to your husband, over here we're using the metaphor because we're talking about the Jewish people near God and we're talking about the cycle of us as the Jewish people, as the woman of God, giving tzedakah, which will create peace. Peace meaning that God will narrow himself down to us. That means the mere act of us giving to God, which is we're really receiving from him. But instead we're giving, which means we're engaged in charity. We became givers. How can we be givers? We want to receive in this marriage. We're going to give to each other, meaning the left part of the heart is going to become the right side of the heart, means the, the receivers in Jewish, from the Jewish people are going to become whatever we receive from God to be giving all the time. So we're giving it on a superficial level and we're getting peace. And when we give it obsessively, you know what type of tranquility, you know what type of madly in love you get? Because God says, I want to narrow myself down to you, to such a marriage, to such a relationship, to such a home. And that is the secret of this letter. It's the secret of marriage. And it's the secret of the Jewish creativity, the Jewish giving. That to understand that most of our life we're living, what can we get from God? But God says, what can you give me? I married you what you can give me because what you can give me means what I can give you. If you give me, any one of you make it up first. But how much more beautiful it is for me to, to be in a space of giving. And that is the secret of marriage. That is the secret of the Aboidah Sadaka. When you understand this, that I want to change my spouse. If I instantly change, my spouse changes instantly because it's tit for tat. So I become what he wants and he'll instantly become what I want.
which is the secret of cause and effect, but in a marriage, in an infinite, in an unbelievable, compassionate activity way, even superficially, if I tell my husband what he wants to hear, even if it's superficial, I will create an enormous peace because he will instantly react. And that is the secret of the superficiality of compassion, that compassion is so powerful, tit for tat, that if I just give kindly, even I'm not even fully there, I will make a peace in this home. Could you imagine if I'm fully there, obsessed with mind, body, and soul? I live, eat, and breathe compassion. Could you imagine how God is going to narrow himself down to you as the woman of God? Could you imagine how your spouse is going to narrow himself down to you, him or her? Whichever side you're on, if you create, if you become the opposite of who you are, if you're more feminine, get in touch with your masculine side. And if you're masculine, more get in touch with your feminine side. You'll instantly trigger the exact opposite. You always want your spouse to change, but that will never happen. But if you become them, they'll become you. And that's what marriage is all about. And that's what you really signed up for. And to understand that now is the most greatest miracle in the world. When Messiah comes, Mashiach comes, we're all going to be givers and receivers. We're all going to have the most beautiful marriages. But to choose that now, to have a miraculous, never-ending, peaceful marriage now, to look at the poor man now and realize that he is your destiny. He is the way you get from God. By you becoming a giver to him, God will become a giver to you. And God loves that because he created you so you can be a giver, not a receiver. And if you're giving to him everything you have, then God's giving you everything he has, which means he's narrowing himself down to you. And the more obsessively you do that, the more obsessively he does that with you. And when it's such an obsession and it becomes a never-ending reality, and there's peace in your home. There's infinite revelation in your brain and your heart. It's indescribable, never-ending, everlasting, silent tranquility.